0: Don't forget Monday night, if those that can, those that will, you'll be in your faithfulness as showing what um, what can happen. Yes. What did I do? That, that took the life out? <laughs> Praise God. God is so good. Oh, it's just, you know, it's like, because my, my temperature in the water has to be about 80 before I will even think of going in. <laughs> me too. There, there's up there, the lake, uh, thank you, Vicky. Going up there, that lake, it looked so good, but I knew it was cold. Someone said, oh, it's warm, it's warm. And I said, not enough for me. And, uh, so, uh, but um, it's just like coming into nice, Nice, fresh water, and you just jump in. And, and that's why worshiping the Lord. And it's always warm, and it's always to your temperature. If it's not to your temperature, then you need to get adjusted. Maybe I'm preaching to myself about up there at the Praise the Lord. Again, I'll, I just want to say a few things. Uh, Ruth Tracy and Jim are coming home on Monday. Um, don't forget membership class is this Saturday from 9 to 12. Those of you that have... Um, Uh, requested membership, Uh, you'll be here on Saturday at 9 to 12, and we'll be meeting in the History Makers room. Okay, bring your Bible, three-ring notebook, and your Bible. Okay? All right. And you know another thing, Uh, I just enjoy the fact that um, people are doing this, and people are doing that, and everything else, and it makes Sunday easy for me. Amen. I don't have to think about all this stuff, you know. Did did we cross this T and did we dot this I and did we do this? No, No, I I just enjoy it. And then I get here and I just watch the body minister. Praise God. It's just. Oh, well, I hope so. Amen. But it's just just awesome. And I, I am. I really, I'm not flattering you. How many know I don't flatter? If I got something to say, I'm going to say it. How many know that? Amen. Praise God. And uh, so I mean this, that uh, you're doing, I thank you for your prayers, I thank you for your words, I thank you for your ministry, and uh, I knew God is doing great things. Whew. Lift your hands up one more time, just love him, just love the Lord. Sunday after that, we're going to have a baby dedication, or a our family dedication, actually, three, three little ones, three, three Weltons, amen, praise God, coming and going to dedicate their children to God, uh, not this... Uh, that last next Sunday, next Sunday. So we got a lot going this weekend, Amen. We're talking about our uh, intimate relationship with God, and everybody can have it now. In the old Old Testament, there was only just a few that could have that intimate relationship with God, but since Jesus came, and I'm not going to get into, I'll get into that as I go. But since Jesus came, every one of us can have an intimate relationship with God. You can know God for yourself. I said, you, you, and you know what? You can go as deep in God as you want to. It's up to your desire. I can't force you. No one else can force you. You've got to come on your own. As The old saying goes, you can, and I'm, i know I'm talking down east now. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Now, some of you try to round it all around the R's, the horse. Uh, I mean, God made the English, and that's the way He talked. And I'm English, so that's a horse that four legged animal's a horse, H O S S. Amen. Praise God. So, if you people from Massachusetts want to say horse. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> Praise God. When we approach the subject of coming into the presence of God, and I know I'm repeating this, we must understand, I want you to hear me, we must understand that there is nothing insignificant associated with it. Nothing of any significance that can compare, associated the presence of God with the presence of God. It's in a cut and a cloth all by itself. Why people want to water it down, I don't understand. I was raised in this. I can't be sat- satisfied with anything less than what we want, than what we have. You can have anything you want. You can go as deep as you want. It's up to you. It's your desire that stops intimacy with God. My desire. Amen? Now I want to read the uh, Scripture focus again. I'm going to read uh, the... uh, it's from the New King James Version, then I'm going to read a paraphrase of it. <clears throat> it says, um, Psalm 10313, as a father pities his children, so the Lord, amen, pities those who fear, who reverence, worship, in awe of him. Don't take God for granted. And <laughs> you come into his presence, be respectful and awful. Not a W E F U L. Awful. Of God's presence. Come to church expecting God to move. Come to church to contribute to the worship. And watch what God. I didn't say you gotta, I mean, gotta be loud and everything else, but don't be afraid of being loud. If, people, if the church or the leaders ask you to shout, lift your hands and shout. Well, I'm not like that. Well, just try it. You may be like the other after a while. I just want to say this. If I stepped on your toe, you wouldn't say, you're stepping on my toe, Pastor. You'd be saying, ouch, that's my foot. Come on now, don't tell me you do it any other way. You wouldn't come along and tap me on the, on the shoulder and say, oh, by the way, Brother Hurt, you're stepping on my I didn't want to be respect, disrespectful, but no. If I, ste- well, I've stepped on Gabes, he'd probably call me one. but anyway <laughs> all right, that's neither here nor there, but it is it is, OK? And, and the word "pities" there and I, and I know I'm going over this, but I want you to get it The word "pities" means to tenderly love as parents love their infant child, love deeply and compassionate. That's the way God wants our worship. Deep and compassionate. And passionate. He wants us to be full of passion when we're in here. And passion is demonstrative. Paraphrase says, as a father, as a good father, deeply, tenderly, and compassionately loves his infant child, so the Lord listen to this, now this is God God deeply, tenderly and compassionately loves and caresses those who worship him in awe and reverence now you know really, what we need to do, don't take God care, we need to study God we need to learn God We need to learn how God thinks. You can learn how God thinks. God will talk to you. I'm talking about intimacy. God will talk to you. And there are times when he'll talk to you audibly. First, when you hear God's voice, it may scare you, but after a while, you can get used to it. He'll speak to you in visions. You know why? Why? Because he loves you and he wants to get close to you. Worship is getting close to Jesus. Worship isn't just sitting in a church holding a songbook and singing. Worship is engaging every bit of your body, your feet, your hands, your heart, your mind, your eyes, everything. Just getting lost in his presence. Well, I save that for my private times. Fooling with it. It should be in your private times and your corporate times. There should be a joy that goes with what you do. And joy is exuberant. Joy gets happy. Then there are the quiet times. Have you ever seen in service sometimes it starts out with a bang, boom, and i mean we're shouting and praising, and then God goes and he just calms us, gets it all calmed down, and we just begin to sing a worship song. And they're both right. God isn't slowing us down because He can't stand the first part. God likes the first part because heaven is noisy. It is. It's going to be wild, and the wildness of our worship is not out of order. The Bible. We say, well, the Bible says everything will be decency and order. Yeah, right. Decency and honor is when we're all here worshiping praising. Decency and order is when we're all worshiping together and all one together and we're worshiping the way the Spirit wants to. That's decent and in order. Lift your hands up. My lands, lift your hands. Not now, but lift your hands up. <laughs> I hope we get to that point. If someone says, lift your hands up, woo, the whole congregation will go up. The experience, even in your private times. In your private times, there are times to shout to the Lord. Then there's the quiet time when God speaks to you and you get so engrossed in the word that you forget what is around you and all of a sudden your time is gone. That's intimacy. Oh my gosh. I got to put potatoes on for supper. Well, you don't know my day. No, but God does. And no matter how busy you are, He wants fellowship, and I deserve to give it to Him. How many still love me? Intimacy leads to knowing rest. See, you get into the presence of God. How many... When you get into the presence of God and you worship with all your heart, and you get—I'm lo- talking about in service—you get lost in the spirit. How many feel refreshed? You feel like you had just had a good sleep or a nice, good shower. So it leads to rest. If you're fretful, you know. If you're fretful, stop praying and stop worshiping. Prayer will come because prayer will come, work through praise. Praise will work through prayer. It will work together. And it will give you rest. Having a personal relationship with our Heavenly Father is intimacy. I know Him. You don't have to be afraid of God and God is not up there with a big club waiting for you to make a mistake. I don't know I failed today I don't think I can get it of course you can if you fail God knows you're human if you lost your temper or you've done something you shouldn't have done the first thing you should do is run to him throw up your hands and say Jesus I'm sorry and start worshipping him and watch God begin to minister to you and touch you. He will not overlook it, but he will transform you. So the next time that temptation comes, you won't yield. You know why? Because you're so in love with Jesus. You know, rules and regulations do not make you live for God. It's the love that you have for God. I am a child of God. And I'm not going to do that because God loves me. Not that God sees me. It's not that God sees you anyway. He sees you, saw you when you was in sin. Didn't bother you too much when you was in sin to sin. But once you get to know God, it's a love relationship. Was talking about a situation yesterday and, 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 and of this certain man and, and uh, he was married and dear God, I don't even know what he got married for. And while he was married, he was chasing another woman. I'm thinking, what doesn't make sense? Why'd you even bother to get married? Just just play the field. I mean, I'm not saying it's right. And I'm, sometimes I've been in the restaurant, and I've watched people come in to the restaurant. Now, I'm not being judgmental, but just, it's just factual. The husband will sit here, the wife will sit there, and all of a sudden they got this out. And I'm thinking, why'd they come out to lunch? Why don't they stay home, save money? And if you're busy, 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 busy all the time, and you haven't got time for God, you don't love him. Wow. If you love God, you will find a time. Get off on Facebook for a little while. I really don't care whether you got blue or purple socks on. It doesn't really matter. I don't care what nice dish you made. I could care. Less. I look at it and I say, oh, that looks good, and then I'll flick on. I, do you understand what I'm saying? intimacy with God I want to get to know God you say well pastor you don't know my schedule like I said but God knows your schedule and if you talk to him and you want to get with him he will make time and help you to make time to be with him even if it's 10 or 15 minutes prayer at night prayer in the morning waiting waiting on God whatever you, you set If you have a noon hour or a half an hour, take 15 minutes with God. You can find, you'll be surprised what God will get done in 15 minutes. You've got to set a time. Well, intimacy removes striving and anxiety about your purpose and calling. I want to repeat that. Intimacy. Spending time with God. And when you get in the place with God, don't do all the talking. We had a brother that used to come here. I, I used to, uh, sometimes I, when we gathered corporate prayer, I sat there and I listened to him pray. And, and, that, and he prayed. I'm telling you, that man prayed. I mean, he did. But he said, God, now I want you, God, to go right over here and I want you to touch so-and-so. And, and now God's sister, so-and-so, need, need, and I want you. And all the while he was praying, he was telling God what to do. And I'm, I, I sat there and I thought, when is he ever going to allow God to tell him what to do? <laughs> now, he went away justified, but how close did he get to God? Don't do all the talking. I'm going to repeat this again. Intimacy removes striving. When you are anxious and you feel worried, you feel fretful, stop. And go to God and throw up your hands and begin to worship him. And that thought will begin to try to crowd into your mind. Press it down with worship. And sometimes, you know, you don't always have to know every word of the Bible and have its Hebrew meaning or its Greek meaning or anything. And that's good. And you always don't have to have and understand everything that's going on in life. Leave it in the hands of God. You don't always have to figure stuff out. Leave it alone. We always make a mess of it sometimes when we try to figure things out. Now, I'm, go- I'm not telling you to stop teaching and stop, stop uh, learning. Right. Because there are times when your praise will take you to the Word. And when you're being led by the Lord. And there are times you do look up the Greek. And you do look up the Hebrew. But don't just do it to know. Do it so that you have a better relationship with God and you can understand that word better so you you can interact with God in a better way. Am I making sense? And this all has to be learned. Wow, but it's glorious. And then you can learn to presence of God. The minute you walk into his presence, boom, he's there. And you feel it. And you, f- you learn how to get into his presence. And if you have a hard time at first getting into his presence, turn on some worship music real low. And develop a pattern of worship for yourself. Intimacy with God, closeness. Let me tell you something. When you begin to grow in this, your anxieties and your striving and all of that will begin to float away. You're always going to have difficulties. Don't think that you're ever going to get away from it. As long as you are in this world, there's going to be things that are going to come against you. There's going to be situations that are are, are devastating, etc. But if you've learned the art of intimacy, you will learn how to step into the presence of God and see him see you through this. True. Intimacy does not do away with problems, but intimacy helps you to learn how to deal with the problems. Intimacy with God and ministering and being with God does not take you, take the trouble away from you, but it takes you through the trouble. Because in your intimate times, you learn God. And you know that He cares for you. And when you get into that time, the Spirit of God, why do you think he gave you the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why do you think he gave you tongues? Because he knew you couldn't figure out how to pray about a lot of things. So you just throw up your hands and you begin to speak in tongues. The Bible says he makes intercession through there. The Holy Spirit makes intercession with the he- Through the heavenly language. Why do you think the devil fights tongues so? Because he knows that's your avenue into the very throne room. And when you're talking with God in tongues, you are talking directly to heaven. And the anointing begins to come. And you feel an anointing. Have you ever prayed in tongues and just, just, you just felt prayed and you just persevered in tongues and you just prayed and prayed and prayed. I mean, and tongues just flowed and tongues cut flow. And all of a sudden it came like, like, sound like you was having a, having a language that you was speaking, didn't understand it. But my lands, you was just doing warfare. Because when, sometimes when we go to prayer, and we're going to an intimate place, an intimate place with God. There are times when in our minds we cannot conjure up the words to fight the battle that we're going through. So God takes over under the anointing and directs us in a language, and He takes over that language and He directs the words and stuff that's going to Him. Don't ask me how to explain it all. But it happens. And then there are times we go into his presence and you just don't want to say a word. You just want to sit there. And all those times are precious. And when you first get there, sometimes you have to fight every demon and every thought that you have. But if you persevere, you learn how to be quiet before the Lord. And you learn how to direct your thoughts under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit into the very presence of God, and God will give you understanding every time. Don't always be looking for a word from someone else. And that's not wrong. I have, there have been times, today, I got a good word, and God knew I I needed it. Because there are times, saints, that you go through things that you don't even, you can't even express. You can't tell it to someone. And there are things that you cannot tell to someone because they don't understand. Not that they don't care, but they don't understand. Just go to Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. He will hear the faintest cry. And the old song says he'll answer by and by. And that doesn't, now with us, by and by means way off sometimes. No, the old, the old way of, of by and by means he'll answer right now. I don't know why they use by and by, but that's what it meant. Now I've lived long enough to know what I'm saying. <laughs> Amen? Knowing God, and I know I am repeating. Knowing God in a personal relationship is the key and this relationship leads to revelation or understanding. You get with God, you get alone with God and all of a sudden God opens up himself to you. And you go, ooh, I never saw that. There are times you have read a scripture over and over and over again and there are times when you need that scripture, God will bring that scripture and open to you the understanding when you get into a secret place and you'll say, I never saw it that way. You don't always have to have someone else tell you how to do it. You learn how to do it by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Knowing God in a personal relationship is the key, and this relationship leads to revelation or understanding. The deeper the revelation, the greater demonstration of God's power in our lives. Also, the greater your love and trust for him. You want to understand things? Get into God. Love God and and talk to God just the way you talk to a friend. But there there are only certain people that you can really trust with the innermost things and feelings of your spirit and your heart. You can't tell everybody. Don't blab your problems to everybody. Because the first, first thing you know, it'll be in the Ellsworth America. <laughs> Take it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well-known. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. All your worries and all your complaints. Don't be afraid to complain to Jesus. Uh, this, 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 this faith stuff that they talk about—you know—have you got faith, honey? If you've got faith, you'll go to God. You won't take. You're human, and when you hear this, this faith talking about—well, you have, you faith. You know, and they go on. They're lying. Because God knows you're human. What? That's why he gave you the Holy Ghost. That's why he's given you tongues. That's why he's given you the word. Tell it to Jesus. Open your mouth and tell how you feel. You say, well, God will be upset with you. God won't be upset with you. And say, God, I can't get it. I cannot. I, and say it to them. I do not get it. I don't understand it. The Bible says we can come boldly. And that word boldly means frankly, openly, Honestly. Have you ever had someone explain you something? And sometimes you looked at them and you lied and you say, Yeah, I get it. And you didn't understand a word of how to do it. And you go to God, and there are times that I just don't understand it. And you'll read that scripture and you'll go over and over and over. Don't, don't go to God and say, God, I don't understand it. And stay there. And keep persisting with it until you get the understanding. And he will give it to you. You can be honest with God. Don't be disrespectful. You're never disrespectful to God. But you can be honest with God. And you can go to God angry. Go to God and say, Lord, I want to kill everybody on my job. Help me. And God don't go up there and say, oh my goodness, what is this guy, what is that guy, he, she got now. He looks down over and he said, hmm, typical. And so you keep persisting. And pretty soon the Holy Spirit will move on you, bring you a calmness, and he'll open up that under your understanding. That's intimacy with God. And let me tell you, there is nobody that's above what I'm talking about. You cannot get to that point where you are so spiritual that you don't need any counsel. You don't need anything. You can go on and man, you are super holy. You need to go to the Lord and repent because you're lying. The more vulnerable you are, the more God can work with you. And if you've done something wrong, don't avoid God. Go to him. And for heaven's sakes, if you've done something wrong, don't stay out of church. If someone in the church has hurt you, go to church the same. I mean, come on. And that person that hurt you, I know I've been through a lot lot of this. And you to forgive them. You know what? God will hold you to forgive them. I don't know what happens to them. They may not ever come to you and say they're forgiven. But you can get into that place, even if they haven't, that you can love them. You don't have to associate with them, but you can love them. God does not always expect you to associate with everybody. Oh, that's a revelation. (laughs) If that person is going to constantly hound on you and be at you all the time, separate. But don't hate. If they need, help them. If they need prayer, pray for them. And watch yourself grow. And pretty soon, that irritation will be dealt with. And you won't have to lift him. This is done by because of intimacy with God. A lot of people backslide, and a lot of people hurt, and a lot of people stay out of church because someone in the church has hurt them. You, listen, every one of you right here, we're saints. We're saints of God, but we're still human. God has filled us with his glory and the power of the Holy Spirit, but he's filled human vessels. And the Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen. He made sure, he said, under the inspiration, he said, earthen vessels. The deeper the revelation, the greater demonstration of God's power in our lives. In regard to revelation, I'm not talking, referring necessarily to theological or doctrinal knowledge. And I can hear some of the cockles going up on something. Oh, you gotta have doctrine. Amen. I agree. But doctrine don't always solve your problem. And it's good, and you need it. Now, I'm not minimizing doctrine. You need a foundation. You need to know what you believe. You can't be pushed around by every wind that's coming down the pike. I mean, honey, I've been in it for a little while, and I've seen some bizarre things that come under the name of Pentecost. (laughs) But you can't stop the Pentecostal experience and the manifestation of of the experience because of some weird doctrine. You've got to know your doctrine. And you've got to be able to know what's right and wrong. But don't become critical. You say, people have got critical, and we've divided ourselves and everything over doctrine. I can fellowship with someone, and if they don't believe like I do, I can still fellowship with them. I avoid avoid doctrine. (laughs) But I can fellowship with them. I can diametrically be opposed to someone that is not doctrinally correct, but I can fellowship with them. I worked with our, our uh, fellowship here. I was the only conservatives among them. Emma, I was with Minnesota Association, had a great time. They knew I was conservatives and I, and they, and, and I knew they was liberal. And I told him, I said, look, I said, there are some things and some programs that you do, I won't be able to associate with you, I won't be able to do and, 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 and work with you because I don't believe in it. They accepted it. I said, but anything, everything else, I'm right here working with you. They said, oh, we understand, we understand, we understand that we're, we, we, we don't, and I had a tremendous, I, I had friendship, friendships. I had the, now you're all going to shoot me. I had the Unitarian Universalist minister speak in my pulpit. And he spoke on forgiveness. It was awesome. God spoke to me and told him to come. You know why? Because God wanted him to experience the presence of God. And guess what happened in CLP? The Unitarian Universalist got hands laid on. And they were praying for him. And they were talking in tongues around him. And they gave him a word of knowledge. And it was right on. And later he sat up back with my wife. And some of the people were still down front. He said, I feel something in this place. And my wife began to talk to him. That's why God warned me to him. But I had to break down my, and not be prejudiced, because he's Unitarian. Now, I don't believe a thing they believe. But he needed to hear and feel the presence of God. And I'll guarantee you, he'll never forget it. He didn't fall on the altar and get filled with the Holy Ghost and all that. But he got the word. And those things there, you have to, you have to be led of the Lord on. All right. So you can, you can. Because you know what? Some of those ministers, I had the, 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 the one minister in the Congregational Church here in Ellsworth. We sat in the car for almost one hour. Because even when we had the unity services here, we let the Spirit move. We didn't stop it. They saw it in the raw. And guess what? Our church and the Catholic Church used to have the most attendance. And the priest that was here when I was, when, I, when, when I was in Emma, he looks at me and he says, we're more alike than you think we are. <laughs> I believe he had the Holy Spirit. I didn't inquire. But we used to have some spiritual talks. Amen? But in order to do that, you've got to know your doctrine. Study to show yourself approved. Let me get off on that. I'm speaking of revelation of a, of a personal one-on-one, one-on-one relationship with God. Moses, I, I'm going to have to stop with this because it's Moses had a one-on-one relationship with God. Exodus 33, 11. The Lord, listen to this. The Lord spoke to Moses. The Lord spoke face to face. That means one-on-one as a man speaks to a friend. Let's go, to, let's go, let's go and, and, and I'll, I'm not going to get into that because that will take up one message. And I really want you to get it. And I want you to still love me Don't be afraid to get personal with God. Talk to Jesus. Why am I always over here? Talk to Jesus. I love you guys too over here. Talk to Jesus. Don't be afraid to share your problem with him. You say, well, it's a lack of faith. No, it's a lack of, talk to him. The lack of faith is you don't have faith in him that he cares enough for you to hear you. So you don't have to always, you know, be on top of the mountain all the time. There are times you're halfway up that mountain, and I'm telling you the climb is hard. And there are times when you have to sit down and you have to say, God, I don't think I can make it any farther and have a talk with him. It will free you up. It will free your mind. It will free up your relationship with him. You want to be spiritual? Being spiritual doesn't mean that, that we are we are we're, we're, we're Superman. Or whatever all of these other people are that run around with swords and guns and There's one, where's Mike. There's one guy in that conglomeration of stuff you watched the other night. What was it, Mike? Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings? Yeah, Lord of the Rings. There's one guy I can't stand, and he looks like he's all skinny. He's he's, he's gotten who? Dolph. Oh, he's terrible. <laughs> Gollum is horrible. Oh, and he's and and, and, and I and, and I know he's I know the man's possessed. I know he is. Uh, and he's always trying to get someone in trouble. He, I mean, it's awful. And I thought that's that's the devil right there, and that's the epitome of the devil right there, Gollum. I know he is. He he's his brother or something. I don't know what it is. Because I now I know it's all acting. But I wouldn't want to act that part. I say, no, give that to someone else. And he hisses. He hisses, and he goes up there. And I'm thinking, my goodness, I can't stand that man. I I have to pray about it. (laughs) God, give me a love for him. (laughs) Not really. Amen. Oh, Lord. Where was I? Oh, and see, how did I get on to that? God. Exodus 33. Moses had a problem and a big one. He had about 300 million people on, uh, three million people on his hands. He just left Egypt. They were all raw. Half of them didn't believe. Half of them didn't know what they believed. And God said, They're my people. I mean, even when they were there worshiping idols and all that in Egypt, God said, they're my people. Go and say my... He called them his people. You know, God loves deeper than what we think. We put up boundaries and everything else. Of course, God gave him some rules and regulations and they didn't follow them too well, but he always was working with them. And finally, it just got... God, I'm just giving you the preface. They landed down there. They landed by Sinai. And that's where God gave them the law. God says, don't let them touch the mountain because they're not, they're not under the blood. And that's what he meant. He said He's a holy God. And he said, they'll be consumed. Don't even let an animal come. And so here they are with this fire on the mountain and all around there. Just, just out of Egypt. And God calls Moses up into the mountain. And they were gone for 40 days. He was gone for 40 days and 40 nights. So some guy, bright guy, got up and said, we don't know what's happened to this Moses. I don't know where he's gone. He's been gone 40 days. He said, so we, we got to do something. We got to have some kind of worship. So they built a calf. They started dancing around it. God says, go down. Moses, go on down. He says, my people are down there, you know, uh, Messing up, they've messed up again. And Joshua says, it sounds like a fight. And Moses says, no, it's not a fight. They're dancing around something, something's going on down there. So when he got down there, he saw what was going on. And after all of that, then Moses and God said, I'm not going up with it anymore. God says, I'm done. But you know what? God was testing Moses. God said, I'll never, now God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So if God says he'll never leave us nor forsake us, he wasn't going to plan on leaving and forsaking us because he was finding out just what Moses was really made of. And Moses pleaded with God. He said, well, okay, okay, then I'll send an angel. And in this scripture, and I'm, 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 I'm not going to get into it, but in this, this, this verse of scripture, Exodus 33. I'll read it next week. But Exodus 33. God began to talk. And Moses had a relationship with God. And you can have that same kind of relationship. And Moses said, God, you told me that you was going to take us into the promised land. And Moses, I'm not making one more step. No, nope, I'm not going to take an angel. No, nope, that isn't what you said. And you can say the same thing to God. God, you can hold God to His promises. And that, whether or not, and that's not being a stubborn or hateful to me. If you approach Him the way. Now, Moses was not mad at God. Moses says, "No, you promised me." Has God given you a promise? Get into the prayer closet. Get in fellowship with God. Go to that verse that he's promised you and say, I'm oh, God, I'm not going to let go of that verse until it's fulfilled in my life. You gave me that verse when I was in trouble. You gave me that verse. And I'm holding on to that verse. Don't question him. Claim the promise and hold God to his promise. And it's not because God is unwilling. There are times when he allows our faith to be tested. You know why? because the next time comes around so we can be trusted. That's intimacy. Does it make sense? Go out of here knowing today that you can trust God and you can talk candidly with God. Moses And Moses said, I'm not going. God, you said you'd go with me. And you know what? God conceded to Moses. And you know what he revealed to him? In the 34th chapter, he revealed his name. The glory that's in the name of Jesus. Wow. Wow. You know what the significance of that is. Went down through the whole Old Testament, Jehovah this, Jehovah that, because Jehovah is his real name. Go down through the whole Testament, Jehovah this, Jehovah, uh, um, that's Jehovah my Shepherd, Jehovah Roy, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah this, and when he come to the final name, it ushered in the New Testament and new agreement with mankind, Jehovah, my Savior, Jehovah, Yeshua, salvation, my Savior. He's everything that he said he was in the Old Testament, Jehovah this, Jehovah that, then he came to that and this was where God wanted and wants his people to understand the glory that's in his name when you call on the name of Jesus all hell trembles there's glory in his name and Jesus fulfilled every one of those characteristics of the names of Jehovah in the Old Testament he's my shepherd he's my peace he's my joy I can say Jesus and I've got everything that's in the Old Testament brought over into the new. You talk about fellowship you can have. There are times and that's all you can say is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Can't say anything else, Jesus. Can't pray, Jesus. And there'll be something that will rise up in you faith will rise up in you and you know that you can run through a troop and leap through a, a, a jump over a wall leap through, run through a troop and leap over a wall because Jesus is there wow I'm telling you nothing can beat intimacy with God don't go halfway go all the way Worship, prayer, praise—the whole thing. Take it all in. You see, the trouble is, we've categorized God. You can't, because God, sometimes God will move this way, and then he, and and you—and you he was not going to move. He's not going to move this way in this problem. He's going to move another way. He's a multifaceted God. He's like a diamond. Every time you turn a diamond, that's why a diamond is worth so much. Because every time you turn a diamond, you see a different, different uh, facade. You see a different. What's the word? Facet. What? Facet. facet. See, a different facet of a diamond. And it takes you by awe. Every time you get into the presence of God, it's going to be different. Every service is not going to be the same. That's why we don't have programs here. That becomes dead and dull. God says, I want to do something new today. When we gather together, God gets all excited and he says, now what can I do for him today that I didn't do for him last week? And these three here may get touched last week and this week they may not even get touched at all, but those three there will. And sometimes a song, sometimes a testimony, sometimes the word of God will just hit you right where you need it. And I'm not talking about condemnation. I mean they'll build you up in the most holy faith and you'll go out of here shouting. And your problem will be solved. Then there'll be another problem. <laughs> What's well, the truth? Today is your car won't start. Tomorrow, uh, next week, it will be the refrigerator that's going on the blink. Well, God helped my car to start and got my car going. So I know he's going to help me to get my, take care of my refrigerator. All things my prayer. Has this helped you today? Has it given you assurance? Everybody say, intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. Say, I can have intimacy with God. Sounds like you're talking in tongues. Huh? <laughs> say, I can, I can get as close to God, to God as I want to. It's up to my want to. But also, he may ask some things of you. He may ask you for loyalty. He may ask you for continual fellowship. He may ask you to spend 15 minutes more in prayer. But you know what he'll do? When he asks you that, he'll pour on the Spirit greater and you won't mind it. Well, God is good. Amen. Well, it rained in here as bad as it did outside. And we had a little thunder and lightning as well. Praise God. How many have been blessed? How many refreshed? Lord willing, how many is coming back next week? Well, only three raised their hand. Praise the Lord. Stand up and worship the Lord. Just love him. Can we sing a song? Something that's good. Danny, you don't have to get up there. Let Make Kevin get up there and do it. Amen.